this week, we're still in Prague discussing cannabis and sport, medical cannabis in the UK, and how to enjoy the ride. Coming up next on Critical Grass. Forget it, man, and get with the countdown. Shake this square world and blast off for Kicksville. Critical Grass. It's stimulating, mind-expanding, safer to use than alcohol. It's the in thing. The hula hoop of the jet generation. And as much a part of growing up as smoking corn silk behind the back fence. Critical grass. He's looked at both the pros and cons of blowing pot. He's not convinced that grass is all that harmful, but there is room for a lot of doubt. Why don't we wait and see? There's a lot of testing to be done before we'll know all the facts. Critical grass. My name is Tim, I'm from Brighton in the UK and I'm the press officer and help to organise the Medical Cannabis Bike Tour. Bye Bye Bicycle by Hobby Bay. As you may have noticed, the title focuses on not necessarily a place, but rather a concept, specifically, bicycles. The podcast episodes so far have been based around specific countries, regions, and or cities, but this week we get away from that a little bit and take a slightly different path, a bit more global one, perhaps. Medical Cannabis Bike Tour is the name of the organization our guest, Tim, represents. He himself hails from the UK, specifically Brighton, but the activities of his organization span the globe with participants and supporters from not just Europe, but all over the world. The Medical Cannabis Bike Tour Foundation is a nonprofit organization that funds independent research into medical cannabis and supports the legal rights of medical cannabis users. They do this by using a sporting event to promote their message. Every year, they set out on an epic journey to cycle 420 kilometers through beautiful European scenery over the course of three days, waiting for their 710-kilometer ultra-long ride myself. Starting in 2012 with just two riders, they have grown to over 100 participants and have taken their tour to Spain, Germany, Holland, Belgium, Slovenia, Italy, Austria, and the Czech Republic. Over the past four years, they've managed to raise €350,000 in sponsorship money that was used to fund independent clinical research by Spanish scientists. This research revolved around the use of cannabinoids as a potential cure for cancer. A very noble cause for something that has affected the lives of so many, Tim included. In addition to funding medical cannabis research, they also focus on legal rights for medical cannabis users, as well as medical cannabis awareness, challenging popular misconceptions about cannabis and bringing attention to their cause. I managed to catch up with Tim at this year's CannaFest in Prague, and due to its popularity, it was difficult to find a relatively quiet place to chat, so I apologize in advance for the background noise, but the alternative was only louder. 
I asked him to talk about the history of the bike tour and how it all began. Okay, so I think it started off as a, like every charity bike ride or event, it started off as a, as a way to raise funds, but also awareness. And uh, I think the beautiful thing about the bike tour is it's, it, it's a very organic thing, so it kind of grew out of that. And I think early on on that, that first bike tour, um, when we turned up in Spain, everybody had a, a matching bike uniform. So, you know, a yellow bike jacket, distinctive with the uh, red, red and green stripes and sponsor names. And it was, um, it was quite illuminating because once you have these people dressed in their, their bike jackets on their bikes to the normal passerby, it just looked like any other bike tour or any other group of cyclists. And it was only when you looked closer that you could see the words cannabis. So as we rode through Spain, people would wave and, and kind of uh, cheer. And, and then you would kind of get this flicker of recognition that people were like, hang on, bicycles, cannabis, this doesn't really fit with the perception of cannabis. And this was at a time when medical cannabis was just beginning to get popular it certainly didn't have the impact that it, it does now and it kind of grew out of that this, this changing perception using sport with cannabis to change people's preconceptions and added into this this medical cannabis research for cancer which um, touches so many lives uh, it really doesn't discriminate and if you have been through that then uh, you will know that you are desperate for anything that can help. Um, and I think that was fundamental in, in forming the ethos of the medical cannabis bike tour. It, it came out of uh, people in the industry started it who had an interest in cycling. Um, so I think it started off as a conversation in, in, in a bar, maybe. Um, and so it started off in 2012, just two guys, uh, Luke Kroll from Paradise Seeds and a guy called um, Matej Snell from Snell Rolling Papers in Slovenia. And they did a, a bike trip, um, I think from Barcelona to Valencia, and decided to you know, ask family and friends to donate money towards this uh, idea of medical cannabis research. And they had a great time. I mean, this is the thing about the bike tour. There is this element of, of having a a bike tour and, and fun. Um, but at the same time, they thought, hey, look, we've, had, we've done this. Why don't we try and expand it and really, really go for it? So um, they started talking to other people in the industry and they started sponsoring companies with sponsor. And therefore, um, there was suddenly a reason to do this. In the first year, there were about 20 riders small team of volunteers and although there was this industry element there were obviously also as we all know uh, people's lives are touched by cancer and illness and so within the ride there were these personal motivations and I guess at the time I probably like I said I hadn't really thought about it but then because I'd been affected by cancer I kind of gave me the motivation to, to carry on doing and, and trying to find a new way. Like many great achievements, 
It all started with a conversation, possibly in a bar, as Tim mentioned, and since then, it's morphed into something very positive and exciting, with the potential to expand even further. I asked Tim what exactly piqued his interest, and what ultimately made him jump on board. My background is in journalism. Um, in 2013, I was uh, researching an academic paper on cannabis and sport, which I wrote with a, a colleague. And as part of that, we found the, the medical cannabis bike tour. It was the first year of the bike tour, and uh, I wrote to the organizer, uh, Luke Kroll from Paradise Seeds in Amsterdam. And I said about our research and uh, asked if we could speak to some people who were involved in the tour. And he said, the tour is in a couple of weeks. Why don't you come over to Spain and help us because we need some volunteers. And then you can speak to as many people as you want. So uh, myself and my colleague uh, went to Spain, um, not knowing what to expect at all. Uh, had no real previous experience with the cannabis industry and when we got to Spain uh, we did this fantastic tour for three days uh, with about 20 people and ended up at a cannabis expo in Valencia and uh, that's when I discovered the cannabis industry but over the course of that three days I actually saw uh, what the medical cannabis bike tour was doing, which was raising money for uh, medical cannabis research, working with uh, scientists at the Madrid Complutense uh, University, uh, Dr. Manuel Guzman and um, Dr. Guillermo Velasco, who had been studying the effects of cannabinoids on shrinking uh, brain cancers. And um, from a personal note, my, both my parents died of cancer. And uh, I remember being with my mother in a, in, a, in a hospital, speaking to a consultant, and pretty close to the end of her life, uh, she was offered a, an experimental trial uh, using new drugs. And she was very hopeful that she was asking you know, is this going to help? And the con consultant, as they normally are, was um, talking in a very business-like way. And his answer was simply, yeah, it's worth doing because by doing clinical trials, we learn. And uh, to be honest, a lot of the drugs that we're using um, haven't really changed that much over the years. And so on the Medical Cannabis Bike Tour, I learned about this research and I suddenly thought, actually, you know what, this is a very exciting um, project, it's got great potential, and, you know, cannabis is a plant that's been used for, for many years for medical reasons, and just because of prohibition, uh, hardly any research at that time had been done. And uh, so, as a result of that, um, I became the press officer, got involved with the, with the bike tour, and I've been working with it uh, ever since. We've now done six bike tours uh, over the years. Tim mentions that the drugs that healthcare providers have been giving patients haven't changed all that much over the years. However, there has been somewhat of a paradigm shift in recent years with the increasing acceptance of cannabis as medicine, especially in the field of cancer. 
In addition, with the high number of opioid overdoses, particularly in the United States, where over 115 people die every day from overdosing opioids, the situation has become pretty dire. These opioids include prescription pain relievers, heroin, and synthetic opioids such as fentanyl, which is used in cancer treatment. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that the total economic burden of prescription opioid misuse alone in the United States is $78.5 billion a year. This includes the cost of healthcare, lost productivity, addiction treatment, and criminal justice involvement. All this begs the question, how did we get here? The National Institute on Drug Abuse states that in the late 1990s, pharmaceutical companies reassured the medical community that patients would not become addicted to prescription opioid pain relievers and healthcare providers began to prescribe them at greater rates. This subsequently led to widespread diversion and misuse of these medications before it became clear that these medications could indeed be highly addictive. Opioid overdose rates began to increase. In 2015, more than 33,000 Americans died as a result of an opioid overdose, including prescription opioids, heroin, and illicitly manufactured fentanyl. With an alarming rate of lethal overdoses from legal substances, something had to be done, and the authorities were forced to look to alternatives to find opioid replacements, especially for pain management. This was the case in Illinois, where Governor Bruce Rauner signed a bill legalizing medical cannabis as one such alternative. Europeans have also noticed that cannabis is an effective medicine against chronic pain and has great potential for cancer as well, which is why even some of the most conservative governments have opened up to medical cannabis. Getting back to Tim and his bike tours, though, I wanted to know how it went from a single trip with a handful of people to where it is now. We did a couple of years in Spain, and then we decided that actually um, we could use the bike tour to uh, spread awareness in different areas. So the next year we took it to Holland, Germany and Belgium. The year after that we went to Italy and Slovenia. And then uh, the last one that we did was in Czech Republic and Austria. So by going to a new place, by being seen, by talking to people, it is in essence spreading the word and what we found uh, very early early on was that there was a real cause to rally behind and what we saw was that the bike tour grew very quickly from 25 people to 50 people to 70 people to 100 riders and the beautiful thing is they keep coming back so what tends to happen is somebody will go on the bike tour and then they will come back with friends, and then they will go back to their own countries and spread the word. So uh, over the years, we've had participants from all around Europe, but also from uh, Mexico, Latin America, the USA, Canada. And you just have this kind of uh, community that's built up around the bike tour, and it's organically spread this message um, around the world, really. The fact that people keep coming back and that the number of bike tour participants keeps increasing is obviously a good sign that the organization is doing something right. So it's not just about raising awareness, but also a sense of community and a shared purpose. And there's no better way of taking on stigma by coming out of the shadows and being seen. Which made me want to know how non-participants and onlookers reacted to seeing a bunch of people on bicycles with the word cannabis emblazoned on their shirts. 
I think, uh, yeah, generally it's been very positive. And I, I think um, the success of it has been this, uh, this combining the cannabis and sport and the good cause. So it's not something that you can easily put into a box. Um, you know, there's just pure goodness at the heart of it. And at the end, you know, there's all this money is raised um, that has been contributing to medical cannabis research. So um, over that time, we've raised 450,000 euros. Um, I think if you talk about obstacles, perhaps the, not an obstacle, but uh, one thing is uh, the mainstream hasn't really um, got involved with sponsorship. So all the sponsorship has come through cannabis-related companies. I'd say about 90% of it has. And uh, I think, again, that's, that's a nice thing because the cannabis community is coming together to work for this, this good cause. Obviously, each country presents its own... Uh, challenges because of um, the, the differences between uh, legal situations but I think for the most part you're just a group of cyclists you know and uh, people just treat you as a group of cyclists and I, I think really that kind of exposes the, the, the contradictions you know if, uh, if everybody was on an old bike uh, with long hair in tie-dye clothes uh, smoking spliffs uh, that'd be denounced as a load of hippies but because everybody looks like they're kind of on a some sort of uh, professional tour uh, people just look and accept it. Maybe I'll, I'll just backstep a little bit this academic paper that I was working on at the time um, the use of cannabis in sport uh, when we started researching we really didn't weren't aware of just how many people recreationally combine cannabis with sport, not only as a relaxation thing, but also uh, often people would admit to uh, vaping or um, obviously smoking the tobacco is kind of goes against uh, combining with sport. But this, this use of cannabis in, in uh, sporting activities. And I think as far as the bike tour goes, it just smashed that preconception that uh, cannabis was associated with being a lazy stoner who was uh, more used to surfing their couch than uh, actually surfing a wave. Um, and that really was, uh, it was a real revelation, actually. And it, I think that has been part of the, uh, the success of the bike tour is flipping that preconception on its head and I think this is the thing that um, if you don't smoke cannabis you have to appreciate that uh, there are many many people out there probably the silent majority I would say that um, combine cannabis with their everyday lives they're perfectly respectable and uh, hey a lot of them like doing sport and keeping fit mm -hmm. uh, which might seem like a contradiction but you know, it's uh, nobody questions it with alcohol, and um, so I think it's a, it's effective like that because it it, uh, it asks questions, and I think that's that's an important thing to uh, to challenge and to to keep asking questions. 
combining cannabis with sport may seem a little odd at first, especially if you throw tobacco into the mix, which, as everyone knows, has a very detrimental effect as far as athletic performance is concerned. But as Tim rightly mentions, people aren't really up in arms when sport is combined with alcohol. And I don't mean grabbing a brew and watching your favorite game as a spectator. Google the term beer yoga, and you get about 144 million hits. It even has its own Wikipedia page and has gone international in places as far as East Asia and Australia. And while some yogis may turn their nose at the thought of boozing while trying to do something healthy, most people find it amusing at worst. But cannabis does have real therapeutic effects and is particularly useful when recovering from strenuous physical activity. I was curious as to whether the bike tour participants use it during their tours or if it's something they save for the end of the day. Personally, no, but I know that on the bike tour, uh, some people, obviously there are some people who will smoke um, before the ride, but a lot of people um, will use cannabis uh, after the ride to relax their muscles and um, for rejuvenation. And uh, yeah, the, the conversations uh, revolve around this as well, you know, the, the therapeutic qualities. Um, but I think, you know, cannabis is a very personal thing, so it's not, um, it's not prescribed um, in a particular way. And as I said, you know, on the tour, there's a percentage of people who smoke, there's a percentage of people who don't, and, um, and that, that is, I think, is a, a, a nice combination. What I like about cannabis, uh, I don't really smoke that much, um, obviously I have, but uh, what I like about the mix of cannabis and sport is in this age of uh, technology and apps and trying to be faster and harder and and uh, compete against somebody on Strava, you end up missing the point, actually, of, of um, physical exercise, which is, uh, you know, you should enjoy it. And I, I think on the occasions that I have uh, combined cannabis and getting on a bike, you're less interested in um, getting from A to B as quick as you can, and you have the, uh, the time to... Um, sit back and enjoy the journey a bit more and maybe take a, take the turning left instead of going straight to the finish and just seeing what's around the corner which again is uh, I think is um, is quite a, a, a nice thing to do you know it's uh, I think we can become obsessed with the, with this machine like um, pursuit of sport and there's a, there's different ways of, of enjoying sport I really like Tim's take on sport here in that, while it is essentially competition, it can also be something that is done for enjoyment and is not necessarily about being the fastest or better than someone else. And this is an area cannabis can be particularly advantageous. As Tim stated, at least within the framework of the bike tours, it can help you enjoy the ride that much more. Appreciate the little things in life. After all, life itself is not a race. So now the prohibition dominoes are falling globally now, slowly but surely, and many European countries have started opening up to at least medical cannabis. Since Tim is from Brighton, I wanted to take the opportunity to find out more about what the state of cannabis in the UK was, as the country recently announced its willingness to officially provide cannabis as medicine. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, this. This was uh, pushed by the case of a, a, um, a kid called Billy Caldwell, who suffered from uh, severe epilepsy and basically had his medicine confiscated. And uh, his mother effectively campaigned to have it reinstated. And I think this was the first time that it it kind of personalised this this medical cannabis narrative. Uh, up until this point, the, uh, the British government have been um, have opposed medical cannabis. Uh, I think it's still the official policy that um, medical cannabis or cannabis doesn't have any medical benefits. And this rationale is based on uh, this kind of sense of prohibition that has lasted for the for the past 30 years or so and uh, it's outdated and not sure it's, it's early days for the UK um, I know that uh, even though it's now been made legal it's not a case of going to your local family doctor and him saying yeah I can give you cannabis uh, as far as I'm aware it has to be prescribed by a specialist doctor and um, in cases where other drugs haven't worked um, so I think in the coming months and years maybe something will develop maybe there'll be a better understanding maybe there'll be more conversations um, my own personal view is that policy makers need to get out there a bit more and have proper conversations rather than relying on uh, opinions based on speaking to uh, people in their constituencies who may have had a, um, a bad experience with cannabis. In the UK, we're pretty um, hooked up on, the, uh, on this notion that uh, cannabis will lead to psychosis, which undoubtedly it does in some cases, but there are many cases when it, where it doesn't. And uh, my own personal opinion is that this comes out of or isn't helped by the fact that because, because of prohibition uh, a lot of the illegal growing uh, focuses on high strength strains because on the black market they have more commercial value and there's really no choice in the matter and there's no education um, you come to somewhere like Canifest uh, uh, or um, other countries where cannabis is is more accepted and there's this uh, appreciation that um, there are different strains there are different strengths and you know it, at the moment the, the British uh, view is it's almost like um, branding everything as skunk it's a little bit like saying all alcohol is whiskey so in my view, uh, the way to, to deal with that is that you regulate and then you can educate and um, you can also learn more about cannabis, its various applications um, in this kind of atmosphere of openness and you can have a decent conversation. And I think that hasn't happened in the UK and I don't think there's any political will for it to happen because it's, it's always been a, a political hot potato, if you like. Um, if a politician uh, declares 
um, support for cannabis legalization, they're, they're not really supported. Tim states that there are potential dangers associated with cannabis use, and he's very right about that. However, the biggest dangers aren't necessarily cannabis itself. He does mention psychosis, which is a real issue. But as I discussed on previous episodes of the podcast, this affects mostly people with predispositions to mental illnesses such as schizophrenia. While cannabis doesn't cause the schizophrenia, it can make the hallucinations and thought disorders worse and can additionally slow down recovery, at least according to Ian Hamilton, who is a lecturer in mental health in the Department of Health and Sciences at the University of York. But the problem won't be solved by banning the substance across the board. As Mr. Hamilton states, the best thing to do to reduce harm for everyone is regulation, as you can control its quality, and the greatest risk for most people who use cannabis continues to be exposure to tobacco. In short, if you have or you think you have a predisposition to mental illness, put down the split for now and seek professional help. And do yourself a favor by ditching tobacco altogether. So these bike tours, in addition to raising money and awareness for good causes, also bring lots of different people together. Can anyone join, even if they're not that interested in cannabis, or a good cyclist for that matter? Uh, Absolutely. I think that's the difference between the cannabis community and others. Uh, It's very informal, it's very relaxed, and, you know, if you... uh, you don't even have to be a good cyclist. Um, There are very good cyclists within the pack, and... Again, the interesting mix is you have people who use cannabis, you have people who don't use cannabis, you have young, you have old, you have people doing it for uh, testing themselves personally, doing it for family members. So you have this whole range of interests that kind of comes together through the bike tour. It sounds like a cliche, but there really is a, a, such a family atmosphere. Um, and you're meeting complete strangers, but by the end of three days, you feel like you've known those people a long time, and, you know, I'll see people uh, a year later, two years later, and you embrace like old friends, and, yeah, it's it's a very special thing. And if we're interested in joining Tim on one of these medical cannabis bike tours, where can we find him? So we've got a, a website, uh, just Google Medical Cannabis Bike Tour. Uh, we've also got a Facebook page, and uh, we're out and about um, frequently at expos and things. So uh, if you see a booth with Medical Cannabis Bike Tour, come up and talk to us. If you've got a bike, uh, like I said before, you don't have to be a, a top cyclist. You can just join. It's all about taking part. It's not about competing. And I think that's the nice thing. It's not a race. Everybody on that bike tour is interested in everybody else getting over the line. And I think that says a lot about the cannabis community. And it says a lot about this cause. Tim from the Medical Cannabis Bike Tours, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Uh, enjoy the, the rest of your time uh, at CannaFest and uh, good luck on your, your next bike tour. Thank you very much. That's a wrap on episode 11. If you enjoyed this podcast please share with others. You will be doing the Lord's work and making my life that much easier. My name, as usual, is Bogdan. I'll be back next week with yet another episode. Until then, fellow cannacyclists, peace.